Hi there, I'm Jolynn McCarthy and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. Each week, Two Question Tuesday answers randomly picked questions submitted by our clients. Answering this week's questions, we have with us Bill D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focus Wealth Management, and Mike Pisani, Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Jolyn. Okay, Mike, our first question is from Charles in New York. How can we protect our portfolios from a declining dollar index? That's a good question. And the interesting part about it is if you get the dollar or directional moves in the dollar right, you tend to get a lot of directional moves in financial markets right. And we've talked for a long time about a weakening dollar. Now, the dollar's weakened a lot more than we originally anticipated, maybe like nine months to a year ago. It's down about uh, over 8% since the election, which is a pretty significant move in a particular currency. Uh, currencies usually don't necessarily move all that much. So essentially, kind of what we're looking at here is with the dollar declining, most commodities around the world are priced in U.S. dollars. So ultimately, that can be an inflationary type of aspect. And with uh, M2 money supply expanding so rapidly with the expansion of stimulus packages to keep liquidity in the economy throughout the post-COVID time period, what you're seeing is a declining dollar, which is actually facilitating higher commodity prices pretty much throughout the periphery of everything. And that does lead pretty significantly into the inflation discussion that we've been hitting on uh, quite a bit, actually. So one of the best ways to actually hedge against the declining dollar is to buy materials, energy type securities, and commodities directly. And there are different ways to do that. Everybody always gravitates towards gold as the particular dollar inflation type hedge, but gold is still down on the year. So gold is not a perfect hedge to inflation, and it's not a perfect hedge to a falling dollar. Um, so really, in our opinion, one of the better ways to do it is to continue to consider uh, commodities, materials, and energy. Ironically, all the stuff that performed really poorly throughout the COVID time period, which is actually doing substantially better and is actually leading uh, rates of return throughout the course of 2021. The other way to do it could be international because there is a very high inverse correlation to international securities and a declining dollar just because of the pricing of a lot of these securities. So those tend to be the best way to do it. But usually that facilitates some type of an economic uh, expansion largely because the inflation complex rises. And a lot of those things are hard assets that are levered to the real economy. Thank you. Phil, our next I like question. An international idea. <clears throat> I think if you look at Europe right now, as we've discussed many times in asset allocation, uh, it's starting to look cheap. And uh, you're right, 95% of all of your foreign returns are denominated you know, by currency uh, moves and um, you know uh, Europe looks very cheap right now, and you're getting a little bit better yield than the U.S. So um, you know moving some monies into that area uh, on the behalf of a you know a really rough period is probably a, a smart long-term idea. Yeah, especially if they're behind us in the rate of vaccinations, which they are, and if that starts to ramp up because we start shipping our vaccines globally. Uh, the European economies can start to reopen again, and you could see the same type of economic and market performance that you've seen in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. Bill, our next question is from Jennifer in New York. It seems interest rates have backed off lately. What is your outlook? 
Yeah, so the 10-year Treasury this morning is at about 1.536. You know, again, that looked like it was going to go to two uh, not too long ago. Uh, With that, um, you know, said maybe the Fed was right. Maybe Chairman Powell uh, and and Yellen uh, said that uh, the effects of inflation uh, that we're all seeing and are very stiff uh, could be short-lived and more of a transitory effect. Uh, I, that could be, uh, the Fed could be right here. Um, and maybe that abates, you know, by September, October, November. November. Uh, you know, again, you go outside, everyone's talking about uh, oil prices, gas prices, and, and lumber prices to where, you know, I think everybody we were with yesterday at a client's not-for-profit golf outing uh, talked about the price of a two-by-four, uh, like they all owned a Lowe's or Home Depot. And, um, you know, that's probably indicative of a, of a top in prices. Uh, but I think that these effects could be transitory. That's why rates in the short term have backed off, perhaps. Um, you know, it, it is summertime, too. Uh, I think that to Mike's earlier point, um, because you've not had the global economy uh, return to growth so quickly, maybe that's the reason why rates have backed off. And then you have a lot of quarterly rebalancing probably coming in with, you know, stocks doing well once again and buying bonds and pushing yields low, um, which could be going on as well. Uh, people de-risking a little bit. And oddly enough, uh, the tech stuff that looked so expensive, if, you know, we were going to have the 10-year go past two and everyone sells tech stocks and, and some of the large cap names and growth uh, actually look OK uh, a few weeks ago, as we said, in this space. Um, and they've, they've done well since then. So. Uh, again, uh, we have to be fit, very balanced here. Uh, I still, by year end, would look at higher rates coming in. I, I definitely would. Um, and maybe uh, we're backing away from quantitative easing uh, to you know, zero, uh, finally, and that um, this time around it is different and rates will start to move up higher. So, Yeah, I mean, all really good points. I mean, at the end of the day, I think one of the things that you really have to focus on is particularly the fact that we're very still early cycle in the labor market in terms of where that recovery could manifest because you're, you're going to see jobs start to uh, be added as the economy continues to recover. So at the end of the day, it's whether that wage grow, growth can push things higher in terms of uh, the economic recovery. So I think that has something to do with it. And the other thing is there's just so much debt outstanding in the system. How can interest rates move materially higher, like materially? Like that I'll tell you what, if they do, right, if they do, we're in trouble. Uh, I saw something that if uh, the 30-year Treasury moves like a half a percent, uh, you add like nine, was it nine trillion long-term interest on our deficit? Yeah. It's a huge number. Um, so that would be definitely worrisome if rates go higher. Yeah, I was reading some really interesting things, and a lot of people think that this excessive amount of debt is inflationary, but now people are starting to take the side of it being deflationary because you still have this debt and this interest that accumulates over the course of time. And that's why we have these little spouts and bursts of inflation, but they don't like run really hot for a long period of time. The other thing to remember, I think oil traded negatively like a year ago, almost today. Absolutely. So those year-over-year base effects as a result of COVID with supply chain issues are pushing inflation higher. Inflation is not going to stay at 4%. It's going to back off as supply chain issues get better and as the COVID comps roll off. But could it stay 2.5% or north, maybe even close to 3% because of the move higher in commodities? Yeah, it could stay up there. I don't think that's a terrible thing, though, long term. 
The interesting thing is if you measure inflation the same way that we measured it in 1981, it's north of 10% right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you guys for answering this week's two questions. If you have a question you'd like to submit, email us at jmccarthy at focuswealthmgmt.com. Stay safe and we'll see you next week. Take care, Joel.